0: Hoar. happy Friday welcome to Friday 15 February 2023 20, 23 24 welcome 24. everyone 24 well welcome everybody to Friday 15 uh, my name is Brian Beck I'm here with Andy Hoar, master B2B our weekly 15 minute we can't seem to get it done in 15 but we try 15 minute podcast LinkedIn live broadcast everything else Andy great to be here with you this week Action-packed week. Lots of breaking news. We're going to get into that in a minute. But happy Friday, Andy.
1: Yeah, no, this is a really good topic. When well, we've talked about it a few times before, but now there's some new research out yes. that uh, we want to talk about. So I say absolutely. we jump right in.
0: Uh, uh, absolutely, Andy. So here we go. Let's let's start with our breaking news. So, Andy Hoare, are in-office employees favored to over remote workers? New research shows that maybe that's the case. as Elon Musk says, "Go pretend work to work for somewhere else. Is this coming to pass? Here we go. Wall Street Journal remote workers are losing out on promotions. Wow, interesting. So what's the data telling us, Andy?
1: Well, you know there's there's always been this cognitive bias toward you feel closer to people you see more frequently either in person or on Zoom, but, you know, out of sight, out of mind, as the old saying goes. And I think what we're finding is post-pandemic, people who have returned to the office as a part of their job versus stayed remote are getting more opportunities for promotions. uh, They're getting more favorable treatment, et cetera. The question is is that legitimate? Does the data bear out that they're more effective, they're more productive if they come into the office? Because that's who you should be promoting, right? The more effective, more productive people, not just the people you see more often.
0: Well, look, I mean, this, I think this, I read through this article from the Wall Street Journal, and this, one of the things that stood out to me, Andy, was this stat. A Gartner survey in 2021 found that 68% of executives and managers believe that in-office workers were higher performers than remote workers. they so that to me says it all, it, you know, it, so you're going to, you're going to line yourself up for, for a promotion by going to the office. Are we going to end up with people in the office? You know, all the people who have any kind of aspiration of advancing their career, going to the office, everyone else staying at home. Is this like a dichotomy? That I mean, it's, 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 it's fascinating. Like, are we going to have two different types of workers and those that go in are the ones who actually want to succeed in life? I don't know. Well, that's, that's a big number.
1: There's a, a problem with this, too, which is in B2B, you have a particular issue because you have a lot of people who work in factories, manufacturing plants. And then you have a kind of a political problem where you've got the white-collar workers who can work from home because that's their, their job makes that possible. Right. We're going to talk about this one in a moment. And then you got more of the blue-collar workers who are working in the factories and distribution warehouses, etc. What do you have, a two-tiered company where – all the right. white collar workers work from home, and all the blue collar workers work in the office. I was told at a conference about two years ago that was just not viable. But I want to come back to one thing you said yeah. that piece of research that you quoted. There was one word there that mattered more than any other word, and it's the word believed. Right. They said they believed they were more effective, they right. believed they were more productive. Of course, that's the most important thing. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. I'm kind of a reality guy. No, no, you're they a data matter. junkie. You're a Not geek. the perception, but certainly the perception is of this. Right. But you know, yeah. it's the old perception about the first person in the office is the most effective. Come on, it's Andy. Yes, per- so, perception uh, is
0: reality, my friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let important. Yeah. Well, so what's interesting is we had this Wall Street Journal article that came out a couple of weeks ago, And we had another one that just came out very recently. Which is also fascinating because not only on the positive side are the people going to the office getting the promotions, but on the negative side, they're also the ones avoiding the layoffs. Once again, <laughs> bosses are saying, if I don't see you, you're more likely to be, you know, riffed. Is that, that legitimate? Are they basing that on data? I mean, and is it legitimate? It's happening. I think the
0: stat was what? 31. I was looking at the article yesterday. It was 31% or something like that are more likely to to be laid off. Is that the number? I think it is. Yeah, but we have to discuss
1: whether this makes sense or not. I know not it It's perception. Perception's reality, and, Andy. Well, the perception is they are, and the perception is they're going to be rift. but do you want to be one of these companies that keeps all of the extroverted go-getter types who don't necessarily do better work or any work? We've met people like this before. Oh, come on, They Andy? come in, they hang out, they make everybody feel good, they Andy, talk about go the game, go. and they don't do any work. Go pretend
0: to work someone somewhere else, Elon Musk. I like it. Stamp Andy. I mean, come on. You are one third less likely to succeed in life if you don't go to the office.
1: That's what this is saying. You're more well, likely to get You're more likely not enough. to get a promotion. Come on. Yeah. No, no, I mean that's clearly what a lot of bosses are doing. A lot of senior managers. doing. the question is, is that smart? I would argue it's not. There's got to be a more objective methodology other than. I see the guy in the office more, therefore he gets the promotion. But hey, look, you know what? Uh, we saw another article recently around this. IBM, this was kind of a big deal just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, announced that uh, they told their managers, not their employees yet, but I think the managers are the first step along the way move close to an office or quit. Whoa. So this is IBM. Which, by the way, a lot of these people are knowledge workers. IBM, most of the people we're talking about here are not working in factories. These are white-collar workers. But again, it starts with the managers. So this is how this went down, I'm sure. They have all this real estate that nobody's using. They're getting criticized by investors for not hitting their numbers. Somebody goes, huh. If we got people back into the office, we could kill two birds with one stone, ostensibly. One, we put them in the office, which means we're maximizing uh, the investment we made in that. Okay, fine. Uh, but then the other one is, we can tell investors that everybody's back in the office. Therefore, because we see them more, they're more productive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that. the argument. That's what they're doing. Uh, and you know what's happening here is lots of employees are pushing back
0: well here here's the other stat that's interesting that was in these articles people that work remotely are more likely to quit Andy they're more likely to
1: quit if you're it, so I, it was about a third more likely it was some data but from Brian results. couldn't that also be because they're more productive and there's there's more no, demand. it's because there's more demand for, there's more demand for their skills these are oh, higher quality people look yeah. it goes both ways that's a huge assumption Andy come on Well, uh, but not assuming that you see them more often, therefore, they're more effective, isn't?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, there is some data data that supports your, your discussion, which is, you know, versus this, this new research from University of Pittsburgh that suggests that office mandates may not help companies' financial performance, but they can make workers less satisfied with their jobs. Interesting. So there's no, what this is saying is there's no,
1: there's no financial benefit. To having companies people come back to the office interesting and there's, but there's a financial cost which we'll get to in a moment you know a lot of people have stopped calling this return to office and they're starting to call it return to the past which is interesting <laughs> because that's what it is there's no evidence that return to office is actually make, makes the company more effective in fact this data actually disproves the whole idea i think the jury is out i think it depends on the the job depends on yeah, the important. person etc but there's a real risk here that people, especially I think stay-at-home moms, I've said this for a long time now, who can get a lot more work done at home and they don't have to go get dressed up, commute, pay for the commute, pack lunches, all that kind of, They they this is a far better circumstance. Right, Are right. companies willing to sacrifice highly effective, say, stay-at-home moms as a very kind of narrow group? Right. At the altar of we need everybody in the office because that's what we've always done. Well, the interesting thing
0: too, and these are I read reading these articles, Andy. One of the things that came out too is that people are willing to accept. They're cognizant of the fact that if we're not in the relationship, they're not there, sitting with the manager, the boss. There's no FaceTime there. That there's in fact some risk higher. They're at some higher risk of, of layoff of not getting a promotion, but they're willing to accept that. And they had a bunch of quotes in these articles that talked about. They interviewed people and they said that. Listen, I know I'm I'm at greater risk here, but I, but I am willing to sacrifice that potential quote unquote intangible opportunity, or now tangible with data, for the fact that I got it. You know, it gives me flexibility to be with my family, et cetera. So I think people are are cognizant of, the, of the, that. There is value in that relationship. I, I agree with you, though, Andy. I think the jury is still somewhat out on this. I'm not 100 convinced there isn't going to be some in some industries and categories of workers some impact some financial impact of not having people together in a team and i think that's why you see companies like ibm you know so a lot of the tech companies you see it with with amazon you know bring I mean, amazon these are these are all roles that can be done for the most part obviously not their warehouses but you know they can be done
1: remotely they, they, well, you know and, it's, where's this office going to be right where's this magical office that everybody can commute to because the reality is too when when the pandemic hit you know google and the rest of these companies resist this whole idea they were famous for telling a bunch of people creating technology tools to work remotely that they had to be in the office to do that which is ironic but right. uh, what they found was that the pandemic forced them right. to look right. elsewhere and guess what it did it enabled them to hire people in the czech republic and people sure. in ireland who were less expensive just as effective and uh, that's what they're sacrificing here. When you force people to come into a physical office, they have to physically be near an office. Like the IBM article said, what if IBM doesn't have an office in the UK? What, right. they can't hire anybody from the UK? Right. I mean, I'm making that up obviously, but that doesn't seem smart. Well, the other, dynamic. the other dynamic is we've got, it's kind of a new normal that people
0: do this, you know, remote sort of Zoom-based or Teams-based uh, meetings and things. and so I was talking to someone at, at Amazon recently. I talk to folks at Amazon all the time, and he was telling me that the return to office mandate. He lives three hours from the office, but he he has he has to go to the office. He moved during the pandemic, so he goes to the office three days a week. He's like, I get to the office, I turn on my computer, I spend the entire
1: time on virtual meetings, and I go back home for three hours. That's like right. this is ridiculous. Why am I doing this? Yeah, so, but the boss saw him, therefore he was effective. I mean, did you just right. see this uh, somebody left a, a, a note here. Or they had a comment new leadership is tuned into empowerment and balancing personal quality of life versus rewarding people who are acting busy. That's yeah. the term acting yeah. busy. Thank you, Ben, for your comment there. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's an, it's crazy. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, it, it's really an interesting almost change in culture, but the data is proving. That, you know, people are, you know, people are sacrificing, giving up some things that, uh, you know, that if they don't get to the office. So, and and, and there's some real costs, though, to doing it. Right. Andy, look at this fortune. Employees are spending the equivalent of a month's grocery bill on the return to the office and growing more resentful than ever. New survey finds. I mean, there's, you know, there's real costs to people doing this. So there's
1: again, if I'm forced to go to the office, I, I may resent my start resenting my employer. Well, think about this. So the the number they estimate was five hundred and sixty one dollars per month that people spend mm-hmm. more who have to return to the past or the office. They right. spend on transportation, additional child and pet care, and domestic assistance. These are real burdens that people have to pay, all right. in the name of what? FaceTime, literally, to be yeah. there in front of a boss. I mean, again, I'm not discounting face to face interaction, but. The question is, is it worth it? And they said in the surveys they're finding people who have to do this return to office thing have higher levels of stress and burnout and turnover, uh, et cetera. So I don't know. I'm not sure this makes a whole lot of sense.
0: Yeah. No, I mean I think as we think about this, Andy, for B2B e-commerce leaders, which is, you know, most of our, our audience here, you know, this kind I, I am pretty and it's anecdotal, but I hear consistently from B2B leaders that they are in fact hiring remotely. They are they will and are willing to and and have figured out how to manage people remotely. And I don't get the impression again this is anecdotal, but I don't get the impression that they're going to hold hold back on on promoting someone because they're not sitting there in front of them and that's because largely a lot of these heads of e-commerce are also remote. Right? They may go to the office, you know, uh, uh, you know, a week a week a month or something, but they're you know, they're mostly, uh, a lot of them are, are in fact remote. So fascinating. And then there's this whole degree of, this gets to this next point about degree of teleworkability. There are some functions that you, you just can't do remotely, right? Speak to this a little, Andy.
1: Yeah. So just quickly at the top, obviously data processing, internet publications, that kind of thing, 80%, uh, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, estimate 80% of those jobs can be done remotely. Right. But as you go further down the list, obviously, you know, working in a Grocery store, you can't do that remotely. So that's right. a, little low a lot of B2B is kind of in this middle area, but mm-hmm. you know, which does kind of tend to hew toward people being in the office. That said, it kind of depends on what you do because if you're right, working right. in digital in B2B, right, that's a kind of a knowledge worker role. You can work remotely, but you right. do have a tier two, you do risk a two tiered system. I think that's a real problem where. You're working in digital for a district for a distributor, and you got guys working in the warehouse who have to go there every day, and then you got other people working from home. I don't know. That creates maybe the wrong political environment. Right.
0: Yeah. It could no doubt. Well, you know, I think I think we're still the jury's still out, but at the end of the day, you know, we pulled our our LinkedIn audience. We got uh, quite a few, um, you know, folks weighing in on this comments, but we asked the question. Are in-office workers favored for promotions and other benefits over remote employees? Sixty-five percent said, "Hey, in-office is favored." So you know th- there's a recognition amongst amongst people working that you know it 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 benefits me to go to the office and and get in front of people. Relationships still matter, Andy. Some ways that gives me hope, right? That it's not all just AI or you know and 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 virtual. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day. You know, people recognize this and they're, you know, I think they're acting on it. So
1: I think we're going to see the water finds its own equilibrium. We're going to see how this pans out. I think really talented people right now, even though companies like Apple and Amazon is an extreme example. They're they're very much interested in forcing people back into the office. A lot of the West Coast companies are. But, you know, that for really talented people who don't want to do it. What do they do? They look the other way, and so there's right. going to be right. a lot of looking the other way. But at yeah. some point, when does looking the other way become a policy? It's right. going to have to because there are talented people who are just not going to want to, uh, you know, be a part of this environment. And so, what do you do? Just walk away from talent? I don't think so.
0: Right. That's right. Well,
1: uh, we're coming up on our
0: time here, Andy. Just a couple quick announcements we want to make. Um, first off, we've got some fantastic upcoming events. We're running executive roundtables across uh, the United States uh, in the next a uh, few months, and actually through the whole year. We're oversubscribed, Andy, on a lot of these, and we have a huge waiting list in Los Angeles, Chicago, Atlanta. We're getting there in Dallas. We're almost at a waiting list. So, if you're a practitioner and want to join one of our uh, upcoming events, uh, or our executive roundtables. These are in-person discussions on topics like this: AI, e-commerce platforms. Uh, you know, all kinds of different things we talk about. Uh, relevant to your business. So you go to our website and go ahead and uh, sign up. Just go to events, click the button and uh, you can sign up. There's no cost. Also, we have our summit coming up, which is a fabulous event at the University of Chicago's Gleecher Center on June 4th. We're going to have over 100 practitioners there, really the leaders in our, in our space, VPs of e-commerce, chief digital officers, chief marketing officers, directors of e-com, marketing, et cetera. And this is also, we have a limited number of
1: complimentary practitioner tickets still available. But we are They're almost half full. Just check this. This is literally almost, it's over half full at this point. So oh, again, great. that's the challenge here. I always feel guilty. We're asking people to do this, but in some cases, there's no availability left. So do check with us. We do have a waiting list. We do take that seriously. Sometimes people cancel, but yeah. don't yeah. don't let the grass go under your feet if you're interested in doing this.
0: Yeah, just go to our site, click on events, and you'll see the uh, link for the summit. Um, and our forum, is, as always, continues to grow. We have great interactions happening, questions being asked and answered. Practitioners weighing in on other questions from other practitioners. Free to join. It's only practitioners, no vendor solution providers in there. Go to our website, masterb2b.com. Click on forum and sign up. So, folks, we are up on time. I uh, want to thank you all for joining us again today. We'll be back next week for another Friday 15. Not sure what we're going to talk about yet, but we'll find out soon. Andy, any final words for our audience?
1: Well, whatever it is, it'll be good. And I want to leave you with a thought. Um, this was posted on LinkedIn when we posted this debate. And it's from Manish Hirapara from Peak Activity. He said, well, let's not confuse visibility with value when it comes to the return to office. I think that's a nice, interesting way to encapsulate it. And end. Yeah, no, that's a great one.
0: Thank you, Manish, for that comment. We will see you all next week on our next Friday 15. Thanks, everybody.